Welcome to Brave Knitting. This is episode 9, being released on February 1st, 2020. This is Linda. Anne is not here today, but I'm here with my friend Pat. Hi, everyone. So, Linda, what were we brave about this weekend? We were brave about Vogue Knitting Live. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> A year of planning. Oh, right? yes. Uh, yes, a year. <laughs> and I want to encourage anybody that has the opportunity to go to Vogue Knitting Live to, um, to go for it. We, we had a, a really, really great time. We, it, we are recording this on Monday night at almost 10 o'clock, which means almost 11 o'clock New York time, after four days of tons of fun in New York City. So we are exhausted. <laughs> And we can't get our microphone to work today, so now we're talking directly into a computer. So if you're wondering why it sounds a little tinny, that's what's going on. Um, but anyway, back to Vogue Knitting Live. Yes, we were both brave, and we had a great time. And it seemed like we started planning this a year ago, and we waited forever and ever for registration to open, which opened, didn't open until like November, I think, right? I think you're right. Um, but then we did... And then we had to kind of go through all the different options about what to choose and where we wanted to be and how much other New York fun we wanted to have, and we finally decided. Well, there were so many different packages, and we chose the Times Square Day Tripper. It included one class, one lecture, and all days of the market. Yay! Yes. The market was amazing. Pretty overwhelming. Yes. And amazing. Yes. <laughs> So we got there on, gosh, I've lost track of time. Thursday. We got there on Thursday morning. And we didn't have class on Thursday, right? No. <laughs> like, what did we do on Thursday? I don't well, even we, remember. Well, we went to registration because we changed something. Okay, okay. And so then, we, we did go over there on Thursday. Okay. And the marketplace actually opened Thursday night. Remember, uh, 6 to 8 or something? No, that was Friday night. That was Friday. That was Friday night. Oh, no, you're class. right. You're right. Yeah. I've already confused my I days. know. Like, yeah. Yes. Our, we're Obviously, we're brain dead here, but <laughs> hang, hang in there. We're going to give you a lot of um, good information about what we did see there. So anyway, back to our classes. Yes. We, had, we had one class and one lecture. Yes. And the class that we took was a fair isle class um, presented by Susan B. Anderson, who is a well-known designer, blogger, uh, author... And international teacher. I mean, she travels all over. Right. And someone you have really followed for a long time. Oh, yes. A very, knew... uh, yeah, I followed her blog. Oh, I must have started five five or six years ago. Okay. Uh, her blog's changed a lot, but I I really like, I liked her uh, blog. I, and then she's branched out and doing other things, opened a wool company. Um, right. I didn't realize until you had told me that she sold yarn. Yeah. And... It's funny she didn't really mention that in the class. She did not at all. No, <laughs> that's very no, she interesting. Did, she didn't plug herself, but very yeah. interesting. She she's the a co-founder. She's done it with her son and opened oh. Barrett Wool Company. Okay. So locally, I mean, so it's locally sourced in the United States. You know, so a lot of control, and then with the dyeing of you know of the wool, um, so it's become a major part of what she does. Now. And you have purchased some of that. Wool. I have. And okay. I, and you like it? I love it. Okay, yeah. great. So yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. 
So we, I think Linda and I really spent a lot of time, we don't live in the same state, so we are planning all this long distance, spent a lot of time trying to figure out what class. And we decided on this class because both of us are English knitters. And we wanted to be able to do Fair Isle two-handed. I think that's what sold us. Right. On the class. Yeah, and we're both really interested in doing more color work in 2020 as well. Right. Um, and so I think I, I think I thought that we would go and I would walk out of the class <laughs> and I would just know how to now... Be an expert <laughs> Fair Isle knitter? With two hands. <laughs> right, right. Holding a, a, a yarn in each hand and and being able to knit. That's not true. Uh, I, uh, the, one, the one tip I have for anyone who's an English knitter and wants to do a two-handed, I learned from that class, it's going to take a lot of practice. Okay. A lot of practice. But I felt, I felt the same way in that I actually actually worked on a project a couple weeks ago that had some two-color knitting in it. I wouldn't call it Fair Isle, but it was two-color knitting, every other stitch. So I had done this, you know, oh. several rows, so kind of going back and forth. So I kind of felt when I got to the class, I had a little bit of practice. Okay. And, and just in the couple hours being in the class and working on the little hat pattern that she had given us, I felt I got more practice. And by the same time she came around and was looking at everybody as we were doing things, and I was saying... You know, yeah, I feel really awkward with the left hand here, and I don't know what I'm doing. And she was kind of like, well, you look like you know what you're doing to me. So, you know, maybe it is back to that old thing of practice makes perfect. <laughs> well, I will say today on the plane coming home, we were sitting in the airport, and I picked it up again, and it felt better today than it did in class. Okay. So I'm very encouraged. That. And she could give us some good tips, right? Yes. There were a couple things that you really liked. Well, I liked, I liked the way she demonstrated because she used a um, projector. Right. Um, an overhead projector. An overhead, right. She, you know, and so she was, she was so doing the tech. we could see her hands. Yeah, we could see her hands. Okay. And it was projected on the screen. I really, I liked that. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'm encouraged. I'm, All right. Yeah. So we, you know. Yay, yay to Susan. We enjoyed yes, the thank, class. Yes, thank you, Susan. And at some point, we, we're both making children's size hats of this pattern. Right. And we'll, we'll post pictures when, <laughs> when we get them done. Hopefully not too far in the future. So a, a class is three hours, and that's what we did with Susan. Right. And then they also had lectures, and lectures were only one hour. And we had initially just... Um, Elected to do a, a class by, I think I mentioned this last episode, by Carson Demers. And then a Patty, some availability in Patty Lyons um, class came up, and we were both really interested in Patty Lyons because we both kind of followed her for a little while. So we took the Patty Lyons lecture, and if you have an opportunity to take class with Patty Lyons, you know, run, don't walk. Uh, first of all, she's really, really funny. So she makes the class very enjoyable. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She, to me, is truly what, truly a brave knitter <laughs> in that kind of what we think about as brave knitting. You know, like, just do it. It's okay. <laughs> if you make a mistake, <laughs> life will go on. Try something new. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, so she really talked about, I mean, the main, the name of the class was, or the name of the lecture was Ignore the Pattern. 
And what she was doing was sort of giving you permission to pretty much change anything in the pattern, right? Everything. Everything. You know, when she starts off in the beginning about how telling a story about how she worked in a yarn shop and people would come in and they would be buying like yarn for a pattern and they they felt like they were committing a sin if they bought yarn in a different (laughs) color than the pattern picture. And she was like, really? It's okay. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> um, but not only can you change the color of the yarn, you can change the, the 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 yarn itself, the brand of the yarn, the the weight of the yarn, the <laughs> the fiber in the yarn. You can change the pattern. You can change the neckline. You can change the shaping. You can change the length. You can basically change anything. And obviously, we can't go into a lot of detail about. And she didn't really go into a lot of detail in this lecture. She just um, threw up some examples. She she sh- um, showed some of her patterns, and she showed pictures of how um, people have altered them. Oh, that's right. and, and made yes. changes, which was you know very interesting to see how different than they can become. Um, the other thing she did that was really interesting, I thought, was she she highly promoted Clara Parks, right? Who is an author and I guess an authority about wool and yarn. And on our yarn episode, we talked about Claire, one of Clara's books. But, oh, oh. but Patty raved and raved and raved about Clara. And Clara was actually giving a, a small, not really a lecture, but like a 15-minute talk on one of the stages right. um, in the vendor halls. And we had it on our calendar to attend that, but <laughs> somehow that didn't happen and We'll talk about that a little bit later, about how our schedule didn't really go as we wanted it to. Um, So, you know, she was really, really excited about Clara Parks, so that made me more excited to want to learn more about Clara Parks and her books. And the other thing that she said in the lecture that I walked away with kind of remembering and and just kind of thinking is interesting is that she said most people, when they make a sweater or make a garment, they make it too big. And, you know, she referred to the the schematic and the sizing, but I don't know. The way I think about it is that it seems like people would make things too small. So I'm I'm still a little bit confused. Although I agree with her, like in the past, everything I made was too big. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of an interesting point, but I still have to ponder that a little bit. No, she did. She did say that. And I, I, you know, I, I have one too big and one a too little snug. So <laughs> I'm in the middle, I guess. I don't know. All right. So after we did our classes, and we ended up doing both of our classes on Friday. Mm-hmm. That wasn't our initial schedule, but that's how it worked out. So we had the class from 2 to th- 5 in Friday afternoon, and then we went to Patty's lecture at 5.30. The um, vendor hall opened at 5.00. And so we were able to get into it at 6.30. Right. And we spent from 6.30 till it closed at 8 on Friday night there. And we pretty much spent all day Saturday there. There were 137 vendors that I counted. And <laughs> we didn't really see them all. We, we sure saw a lot, though. We saw a lot. And we're going to talk about just a handful of some of the ones that that we talked to, that we really enjoyed, that, you know, we're, I, I have, first have to say, everybody was really, really nice there. 
Oh, right? super nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. helpful, and you and you didn't even have to buy anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they would answer all kinds of questions, and you could, you know, write down information from what they were telling you, and then just say thank you, and you walked away. I mean, there right. was no pressure to. No. Yeah. Most yeah. of the people we encountered, you know, really wanted to engage, and it didn't seem like they were just there to sell. Obviously, they all were there to sell, and we want everybody, you know, in the. Knitting industry to to make money and do well and and continue what they're doing, but yeah, it was it was just a great experience. So when we first got there, so Friday night we were we kind of ran through the there were I also should mention there were two levels of vendor hall. So they were on the fifth and sixth floor, and then even there were a few vendors on part of another floor too. Correct. Yes. But that first night we were just in one on one floor and we kind of did as much as we could in an hour and a half. And, you know, we were a little brain dead anyway from having a class and a lecture back to back. And then when we got there Saturday morning, we, we went through this area called the launch pad, which I thought was really interesting because these were all vendors who have very new businesses. Um, so needless to say, they were very enthusiastic <laughs> to talk to us. Um, but really, really sweet. And the, the first person we encountered was Jill from Jilly and Kittle. And Jill is a indie dyer in Rhode Island. Um, I went to her website. And we'll, of course, in our show notes, give you links to all of this. Um, <clears throat> I went to her website earlier tonight and just read a little bit more about her and that she's um, a mom of four kids. Oh. And that her business is a one-woman show. Her, you know, she's got one employee. But she had some really, really lovely yarns. Yes. And if I was, I was on a particular mission to buy a certain type of yarn for a certain project, and I was very specific about what I wanted, specifically that I was looking for non-superwash yarn, which is harder and harder to come by. But and most, if not all, of Jilly's yarn was um, superwash, or at least partially superwash. So I didn't buy anything from Jilly, but... I would encourage all of you to go to her website and buy some of this delicious yarn. And she was super friendly and spent a lot of time with us, as yes. I remember. I mean... Yeah. I mean, she was talking to us and giving us hints, and I was explaining to her my project, and she was yeah, offering all kinds of yeah. you know suggestions. And in the meantime, her partner, buddy, whoever was there helping her would say, okay, we got a sale here. We got a sale here. Somebody wants to buy something. Stop talking. Um, and, and Linda and Pat were just talking and not spending any money. Right. But, yeah. Right. But she was great. Real, and uh, I really enjoyed meeting her. So I, 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 this is a new venture for her and I hope she continues to do really well. So almost right next door to her was, yes. you know, I left that booth and continued down and there's a, uh, a woman's kind of leaning against a post, and she's <laughs> mending a pair of jeans. And I, you know, I found that kind of curious. Um, but she wasn't, she was mending with a decorative stitch. And I, so I started talking to her about it, come to find out there was a whole book on, you know, how to um, fix things that are ripped or torn or whatever and, and make them usable and attractive. Kind of making... Lemonade out of lemons right. kind of situation. But there was a shirt that really attracted Linda. Yes, there was a shirt with a bumblebee on it. Yes. And then the word kind. So it's, you know, be kind. And what 
when I talked to her and I explained to her about Brave Knitting and our little logo of the bees and I gave her a card and she was very excited. But she said, I guess she's going to do a series of, sh of shirts. Right. And one of them will be Be Brave. Did we so, mention her name? Shannon? Oh, Shannon. I don't think I did. Shannon Welsh. Shannon Welsh. Yeah. So, and her... Oh, Queen City Knitter. Queen City Knitter. Okay. Like, yeah. the, like the Queen Bee. Right. So, as soon as Shannon has those Be Brave shirts, <laughs> um, you can bet we'll be running to her. What was our next one? Um, the next one, once again, still in the launch pad, was something called Knit Fit, which was a lovely woman, and once again, I went to her website and blog earlier tonight, and I found that she just launched this ah. business in January, okay? Aren't we still in January? We so are. Just a matter of weeks ago, and her thing is for knitters to basically get off their butts and start walking while they're knitting. That's right. And so the, the product that she was selling was this adorable little bag that the kind of bag that where you can hang over your arm but inside the bag was pretty much everything you needed right. to make a hat so there was a hat pattern there was yarn for the hat there were scissors bamboo circular needle a tapestry needle and a, a row counter a or, row counter yeah uh, yes. oh and then a, a stitch holder too that they had kind of decoratively on the bag hanging. It was very cute. Anyway, it's it's a it's a great idea. Um, I'm gonna try to follow her and and see how that takes off. Like I said, really really new business. Um, but these kits were great. I, I thought for sixty bucks that was kind of a all inclusive a, a yes. bargain of all yeah. those things because the bag itself was really really nice. Mm -hmm. So good luck to Michelle and Knit Fit. And then I think. Are we now inside? We're yes. gone through the launch no, pad. No, is was Seven Sister. Seven Sister was still outside. In she that, was, okay. but I don't think. I think it was only that other side of the aisle that were the launch people. I don't think Seven Sister because okay, I didn't think she was a launch. Right. I, I, um, I agree. But she had so uh, the name of the booth was Seven Sisters Arts, and it's Karen Grover, and she had a lovely display of her yarn fell in love with the yarn. It was um, a blue face, blue face like Heister Kester. Yeah, we're not yeah, sure how yeah. to pronounce it. How about we call it? Um, BFL? Yeah, BFL. 100% <laughs> BFL. Yes, and <clears throat> the one in particular, excuse me, was a DK. It's a DK, so it was called Zena. And just fell in love with it. Beautiful colors. And she had samples, um, <clears throat> a lot of Fair Isle samples in the booth. So you could really see how the how the yarn worked in a Fair Isle design. It was great. Yeah. But it had a really, really, I mean, it was 100% wool or 100% BFL, but right. had a really soft, lovely texture. Yes. And I don't know a lot about the different sheep breeds. That's one of the things I want you to gotta, learn. you got to read Clara's books. I know. <laughs> That's one of the things I want to learn. But I think I like this, this uh, yarn, BFL. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Then... I met these adorable young women at this booth that had a big sign over it saying geek. And they, <laughs> and they, they had, and it wasn't, it wasn't clear to me at first, like what, what these were or, you know, who belonged to the booth, but apparently they were kind of sharing this space. Um, but Lexi Bryan and Marsha August, I think is her name. 
and they were together. They both have Etsy shops, and they both have just interesting, cute things. One of the things that I think it was Lexi had were little round Christmas ornaments knitted, and I guess it's a kit that she was sold out of, um, but knitted like a bat, little Batman. <laughs> and I guess she had, I think she was sold out of the, the Batman. I think there were Superman and there may have been some other superheroes. You wanted Batman. I wanted you? Batman because my 22-year-old son is still a big Batman fan. Uh, but it was it was really cute. And then um, Marsha, likewise, I looked on her Etsy store and she's got a lot of cute stitch markers and um, a lot of other really cute stuff. But they were they were just really, really lovely, lovely young women. So our next booth um, that we were interested in was called Knit Locally. This is a shop out of Maryland. Oh, yes. And her name is Peggy Odick. And you're going to have to help. This is the one that had the beautiful color work. That, that Fair Isle, big, big, long Fair Isle cowl thing that was yes. still on the Oh, right, on the, on the needles. Yes. Yes. And... And Yankee, what was it called? Yankee Crush was the name of the yarn. Yankee Crush, right. And it was uh, 70% BFL, 20 silk, and 10... 10 uh, cashmere. Cashmere. And it was beautiful. And the colors, when I got to that booth, I had just purchased something in the booth before that, that I'll talk about a little bit later in one of our craves, faves, one of those things. But so I was... And we were kind of exhausted by then. That was later in the afternoon, I think, on Saturday. So I think we were getting to the saturation point. So, and I think if I hadn't been at the saturation point, we would have been, we would have been all over that booth, right? Well, and we loved, we loved that, the cow or scarf that was in process. I mean, you took a picture, and I'm still yeah. looking at it now. It's, it's the, the, the Fair Isle color work we both would love to be able to do. Yes. <laughs> With two-handed. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 But anyway, but... Um, what about? Knit Locally, I guess they're a very well-known store in Maryland. Oh, they are? I think it's Ga okay. Gaithersburg. I'm going to get the name wrong. I have a business card here somewhere. But... Um, oh, no. Gaithersburg. You're right. Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg. Okay. Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't been to Maryland recently, but if I get near Gaithersburg, I'll be, I'll be going to Knit Locally for sure. Oh, and then, okay, so as I just mentioned, right before that booth, we, I finally, I was on a mission to buy yarn for my Oranje sweater that if those of you that are listeners and listen to our last episode, <clears throat> you heard me tell the tale of the, the yarn that I bought almost a year ago to make this Oranje sweater. I just finally decided after making, you know, almost a third of the sweater that it wasn't the right yarn for that pattern. This pattern is going to be steeped and it's going to have a zipper. And I was using a yarn that had um, a little bit of silk and a little bit of cashmere in it. And it was beautiful, 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 but just wasn't working for me. So I was on a mission to find something 100% wool, non-superwash, in three colors that all would go together <clears throat> And that I would like to make the sweater again. <laughs> and, and that was really our focus for a lot of our fighting the crowds. I mean, I guess that's the other thing is that it, it was really crowded. Yeah. 
And yes. so it, it was kind of like, you know, you were in a war zone just to like get up to the booth and be able to see the yarn. And then, um, but after looking and looking and looking and striking out for a day and a half. <laughs> this must have been, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon well, on I'm, Saturday. Because I'm thinking that was your focus and I was helping you. Right. And one of the things I would do is I would just walk up to a booth and say, do you have anything non-superwash? <laughs> and, you know. That would eliminate almost 80%. 90%. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, very hard to find. But anyway, we found non-superwash at Morehouse Farm. Right? Is that the name yes. of it? Yeah. Morehouse yes. Farm. Two adorable young women, Erin mm -hmm. and her younger sister, Hillary. Right. Erin was helping me um, select my yarn and my colors and doing the thing with the phone and taking the black and white picture <laughs> to make sure that these were, you know, three going to play nice together. And really, really, once again, super helpful. Took more than, you know, more than enough time with me and really made me feel like a valued customer and I love their yarn They're, they had some I like you know the big bold colors and they had a lot of they had a lot of nice neutral normal mm -hmm. stuff but they had some um, bold colors and I bought a beautiful kind of I call it emerald green but it's probably more of like a Kelly green I, I call it Kelly yeah, yeah it's a Kelly green yeah um, beautiful yes. but you had a little conversation with I guess both of these young women shear the sheep yeah um, they, it's a family owned business. I think it was, is it Vermont? Do you have the card for it? I do have the okay. card. So I'm keep talking I'm trying to remember what this. state, yeah. but well, well, Linda was talking with, uh, I think it was the older sister. Aaron. I was talking to the younger, uh, sister and, um, got into a conversation about how do you shear the sheep? And, you know, um, I, I had actually seen a sheep shearing last year. And I really thought the animal was in distress. And so I was talking to her about how do you do that without putting the animal in distress? And she told me it was all about technique and they've done a book that they've, you know, they've written about their farm and we're having trouble finding the, I don't know why I think it's Vermont. I might be wrong. Um, but again, nice to talk to family owned, you know, businesses. I look at the label. Here we go. Okay. Well, the label doesn't say where they are. Okay. All right, never mind. We might have to save that. You know, Linda might have to report on that later. Yeah. It'll be in the yeah. show notes, don't worry. Yeah. We'll figure it out by then. <laughs> so, um... But, so we yeah. learned about... Cheer yeah, wasn't it surprising that... Oh, here's the card. It's right in front of me. No, they're in um, Red Hook, New York. Oh, they're in New York. Okay. Yeah. Morehouse Farm Marino. Okay. Yeah. New York. But non-superwash, I think all of their superwash, all, uh, all of their yarn was. Is that correct? I, I think believe so. so. Yes. Okay. So very close to that booth was one by Selena in Sweater Sisters. And most of hers was superwash merino. But she had a little section of non-superwash merino that she talked about how hard it, she said to us, you know, the reason you're seeing mostly superwash merino is because of the way it takes dye. It takes right. dye so beautifully. Right. And you can get right. these wonderfully saturated colors. And so she said she experimented with a non-superwash to get that kind of color. And she came up with a two-day process. And she was very successful, I think. And it was beautiful. She yes. had a, a, 
a and baby sweater or it was a hat. It was a hat. Oh, Remember, hat. And it had oh, the pretty hat. design yes. on the top. Yes. And I, I was trying to while we were in New York, I was sending photos to Anne, and Anne was posting on Instagram. And somehow, even though I have a brand new phone that's a week old, my inst- I can't look at Instagram on my phone all of a sudden. So I don't know what Anne has posted or what she hasn't, and I can't even remember what pictures I've sent her. But um, at mm. some point, we will make sure that um, you can see that picture because that hat was really, really cute. It's a child's hat, yes. but beautiful, bold colors, and, yeah, that yarn would be yummy to work with. So, again, that was Sweater Sisters. Right. That was Selena. And they're, But Sweater Sisters, their main business, we learn, is that they sell kits. That right. they, I guess they source yarn, or, and I guess she dyes it, right? Somebody's dyeing it. And I guess they also sell dyes. But I think the bulk of their business or what they focus on are getting designers to design stuff, use their yarns, and they put it together in package right. um, kits. And I, I did briefly look at their kits tonight, and they had um, a couple of sweaters up there. That hat, I think was, that, was or was not? There. It was not on the website, but I, and they, she was selling the kit at the, she was at the show. At the show, but it was sold out, right? right. Yeah. Right. And I think she mentioned it was a very limited run of that yarn. I mean, oh, she, okay. The, I, my memory is it was not a big, because uh, she was experimenting. So she's still, you know, with this non-superwash. Okay. So. okay. But we'll expand, I think she's hoping to expand that line. Yeah, that would be great. It's beautiful. Another really interesting woman we encountered, um, was Carolyn McKenna at Swift Yarns, and she lives in Queens, oh. and she is an indie yarn dyer, and we were just in her booth, and by this time, we are we were really brain dead. This was like near the end of the day on Saturday. I had found the one thing I was been looking for, so I wasn't buying anything n- new, and we just happened to start a conversation with Carolyn and her friend that was helping her in the booth, and... She was talking about how, you know, yeah, that she personally dyed all the yarn. And I said, well, how did you get into this? And she told me this story that just made me laugh, that she said she lived in Queens and there were no local yarn shops in Queens. And so for her to go into Manhattan or to go to Brooklyn to to buy yarn, you know, even though it's physically close, it takes a long time. You know, And she had little children and to, you know, get on the subway and travel an hour and then spend two hours in the yarn store shopping, and right. then an hour back, then it's a four-hour you know, excursion. So she decided she would just dye her own yarn. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that doesn't take any time at all, does it? <laughs> anyway, she was, she was really sweet. Um, and she does it in her basement, She right? does it in her basement. Still sounds like a one-woman mm-hmm. show, much like Jill from Jillian right. Kittles. And, but she's been at it a little while. And she said she started with six yarns or six colors, right. I guess. I think that, colors, yeah. That were really successful. And I guess her, her business just kind of blossomed from that. And so I just thought that was really kind of a, a, a fun story. So I think all this points out how friendly people, the, the, how friendly the people were. Right. And, and really engaging, you know. I, I enjoyed those chatting, the yeah. chats that we had. Very so. nice. So what about all... There were some patterns that really stood out as far as seeing the same sweater. Oh, there were. Right? There were. Um, I'm going to save the most popular one till last. Okay. okay. But the, the first day we were there, I was wearing my shifty. 
Right. And people would like yell out to me as I'm walking by, love your shifty, love your shifty. And, and I, yeah, and I saw a lot of people wearing it. I saw one woman, we didn't have exactly the same color combination, but it was really close because from behind I thought, oh my God, I'm like looking at the back of my sweater. Um, so that was really fun. And we should mention the designer. Oh, Andrea Maui, of course, um, who was supposed to be there on Sunday. Right. And apparently one of her children um, was, was not, yeah. was sick or something. And so she wasn't able to make it. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get to see Andrea on this trip. Yeah. Um, so Shifty was definitely in uh, there. Another one that we saw a lot of was Love Note by Tin Can Knits. Right. And we'll talk about that one more, a little bit later. A yeah. little bit later. But the the winner, <laughs> I mean, how many booths did oh we God. see every, the sweater in? Every booth had this sweater. Yeah. And a lot of people were wearing it also. Yes, yes. So And um, everybody said it was fun to knit mm-hmm. and easy to knit and quick to knit. Yeah. Flew off the needles. They yeah. several people said Fair that. Fair aisle, flowing off the needles, <laughs> no problem. Anyway, so it's sold. Dotna, right? Is that how you say it? I don't know how to say it. It's S-O-L-D-O-T-N-A. By Caitlin. Caitlin Hunter. Hunter. Um, and it was everywhere. Was and everywhere. all kinds of colors. Oh, yeah. Some really, really wacky colors, which, of course, I love. Yes. And But but really fun. It made me... And it's I guess it's DK. I think so. I think it's DK. Yeah. And so... But I was surprised at how many people said how fun and easy this this fair aisle and, was and it, i mean it had a, i mean it, it doesn't look like an easy fall off the needles no no it doesn't to no, me it doesn't. and apparently everybody in the world except you and i has knitted so probably most of our listeners have already knitted so please you know show us a picture you know on the instagram right. <laughs> of your soul dotna dotna maybe that's how you say it. Dotna. So. soul yeah. dotna okay um, but one other vendor that I wanted to talk about, and we, it's funny, we didn't really, this, this booth was so busy with people that we didn't, I, I talked briefly with one woman who, who did give me her card, but she was so busy helping other customers who were actually buying yarn that I, I didn't really have an opportunity to, to talk to her, but it was called, okay, at first I thought it was hooked yarn, but mm-hmm. it's, Ooh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, oh, I don't know where this company is based, outside of the United States. It's H-O-O-O, three O's instead of two, um, K-E-D, yarn. But they had two yarns, one called Eucalypse and the other called Somin, I think. And the Eucalypse is made from the eucalyptus tree, which is very interesting, and the Soman yarn is made from cotton and recycled linen. But this yarn, it's just, it's one of these things that's hard to describe. Once again, I took a photo of um, one of the little children's garments they had knitted up in it. It has a little sheen to it, but it, it just felt like, it was like soft, silky cotton, right? It had right. this yumminess to it. And it was plant-based, right? Eucalyptus and cotton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were two. And, you know, once again, some beautiful saturated colors. Mm -hmm. So great for children's wear. And cotton and eucalyptus, I would think, would be great for those of us in Texas or other 
warm climate oh, absolutely. areas. Absolutely, yes. Oh. So it's the one place that we really didn't. I think we were we were brain dead by then. We were we were brain dead, but I think we were racing to get to some event or, or oh, you're right. Something. We were yes. So we didn't have time, but I yeah. just I saw it as I was rushing by, and I thought, oh, I've got to look at that. And so yeah, I'd really like to. Revisit that one. Revisit maybe? that. Okay. Maybe figure out where they sell it. Get a chance to maybe use it. It, it was really lovely. And all of these booths and vendors will be in the notes, right? The show notes. Yes. Yeah. So. We will. This will be a, quite an exhaustive list. Right. Anne's doing the show notes because I'm leaving town in <laughs> another three days. So good luck with that, Anne. <laughs> um, so needless to say, at this point, it is after 10 p.m., now, I'm a night owl, but my friend Pat here, like you, she goes to bed at 9 o'clock. <laughs> so I am keeping her up. Oh, we, you, you've trained me the last how, how many okay. days. We've been, um, we're, we're both kind of really tired and overwhelmed by all of this. But, we, you know, we just wanted to say, <clears throat> one of the things that, as I said earlier, I was really focused on making sure I went home with yarn for this Oronje sweater that I wanted to get back on the needles. And so that's what we were really focused on. So in some ways it was good for my MasterCard bill. That was probably good because I ended up buying that and only a few other little things. You were good, Linda, actually. I was really good considering how I usually am. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard. However, as, as we were on the plane today coming home and talking and reflecting on it, I think being that focused on finding one thing, you know, it's kind of like we had blinders on that I don't think we were as open, at least I wasn't, I'm only speaking for myself, to, to just seeing what else was there. You know, like, for example, this, you know, eucalypts yarn, um, and I'm sure many, many other fantastic, amazing things that were there that... There just there weren't enough hours in the day to really absorb everything, not, not, and we concentrated it mainly in one day. We had right. two hours that one night, but most of it was done on Saturday. On Saturday, all yes. day. But we didn't have any classes or any other things going on on Saturday. Right. You know, we took a little break for lunch at three in the <laughs> afternoon. Um, so anyway, you know, I just kind of throw that out there that probably need more time. Yeah, maybe, and and maybe you know. I think I've learned the lesson. I, I maybe even if I'm looking for something specific, maybe not be so focused that I don't you know sort of st you know stop and smell the the roses along the way. I was just thinking because some of those booths, I would just ask, "Do you have non-superwash?" and they'd say no, and I'd walk on. <laughs> right, 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 so, right. Yeah. All right. Are we, are we ready to talk about our raves and faves? We are. Okay. Are you going first? I'll, yeah, I'll start. Okay. Because I have two. Yes. I guess I have a rave and a fave. Okay. So I am going to rave about Monica Greco, who is, okay, and I just lost her car. She is the hand dyer of Divine Yarn, and I just went to her website, which is supposed to be divineyarn.com. However, that website seems to be under construction. There's something there, but not mm. not a lot there, if you know what I mean. Like, they have the logo and everything, but it kind of says, you know, like, we're coming soon, and 
please give us your email and we'll let you know when we're up and running. Um, so anyway, I, I had a chance to speak to her briefly. This was, I ran, I encountered her before I found yes, you the did. yarn I was looking for. So once again, I was kind of, you know, I was on a mission and if you didn't have what I wanted, I was marching out of your booth pretty quick. But, but she was, she was really lovely and she had some really interesting yarn. And so we just got into a little discussion. I mentioned to her that I had a podcast and she asked it, asked if she could gift me some yarn. And I thought, well, of course. So she gave me this amazing, beautiful skein oh, of yarn that is called Big uh, Boucle. Boucle. Mm-hmm. Boucle. Yeah. Very French, I guess. Um, which is, it's a bulky, doesn't really look like a bulky, and 54% mohair, 23% silk, and 18% wool, and 5% nylon. It's beautiful. And it's it's really my colors. And it's funny, I didn't pick this out. She picked it <laughs> off the, so, but it is turquoise, which is my favorite color. And it's got a little, like, purpley blue in here and a little speck of gold. What else do you see in there? Well, I, it's almost a grayish kind of turquoise to me. Do you know what I'm, it's, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's lovely. It's just, oh, and there's like some lavender purplish yeah. tones. Really, really pretty. And I really appreciate Monica, um, you know, making that offer to us. I am definitely, well, I guess I'm, I'm a little undecided. I'm, I need to talk to Anne, my partner, and see if maybe we want to save this and use this for a listener giveaway. Oh, would that be special? That might be special. Or mm. I may really want to <laughs> knit up this, you know, ooh, it's, and it just feels so good and squishy in your hands, but it's, it's just lovely. So thank you, Monica. I'm raving about you. And then my fave, and maybe this was kind of both of our faves, in that it's the only thing that, it's the first thing we bought. It is. We, we saw this booth when we were there on Friday night, and then we, we did. thought about it overnight, and we went back on Saturday, and we bought needles at Indian Lake Artisan, and they make, they hand make, <laughs> well, I can't believe they totally hand make them from start to finish, right? I think they do. Okay. No. They're hexagonal, is that mm-hmm. the right word? Mm-hmm. Needles made out of maple, walnut, or cherry wood. Right. And ooh, they are expensive, <laughs> but they're handmade. But, you know, they had them there for you to test out and, and try. We both really liked them. We didn't buy them that night because we're thinking, you know, $30. For, and, you know, no matter what you bought, it was $30. Right. You know, a, a singular, um, a part, you know, they, they had kits, or, but the kits are like 300, like interchangeable sets. Oh, the interchangeable. It's like yeah. $325 right. for the set. But there were, just in the few minutes that we were standing there testing their needles, there were a number of prior customers, right? Yes, they were coming back saying, I've got so-and-so, I need such-and-such. You know, I mean, yeah, they were repeat customers. They were repeat. And so we asked, like, you know, where do you sell? They, they're only in one store in the United States. One. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy them online at their website. And then they attend these sorts of shows. So once again, we will, um, we, neither one of us have actually, I bought a circular size five needle. And I bought a circular eight, 24 inch was my circular. I'm not, I'm not sure what 
size you got? I got a 32 because oh, I wanted it for a sweater. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you know how they, how they go. And of course we'll have, we'll have links to them. And one thing we both really liked about it, they had really nice points. points. Um, Do you anyway. remember she was sanding the point yes. of the, with, with sandpaper? Yes. I do remember that. And because I asked her, I said, does that mean I'm going to have to keep? No. <laughs> she said, no, you don't. No. So. Um, but, and then there's something to the hexagon shape of them. Something about the way the yarn lays. Right. Or, you know, I can't explain it to I you. I can't, I know. Supposedly. And, and like I say, we're, we're brain dead at this point. We're, <laughs> <laughs> and we sound really tinny in this microphone, I'm sure, to all of you out there. But anyway, we, um, they, they were probably my, one of my favorite things at the, at the whole event. And we found them Friday night. Yeah. Right. So, so you have a fave? I do. Um, I actually made a discovery, uh, and I have to rave about it because <laughs> I finally solved a sweater dilemma. I had some yarn that I've been, I guess, I guess actually was a, a, a freebie, right, from a retreat we went to before. Right. Chasing Rabbits, and Dawn Par mm -hmm. Barker, right, from Chasing right. Rabbits. And um, um, do you remember the name of the retreat? It was last year, Knitting in the... Hill Country Weavers. Yeah. Um, knitting in the Hills. Knitting, yes. Anyway, so this was something that was in the goodie bag. So I've had this yarn now, and then it was uh, fingering, so Linda gave me her. Right, we each got three skeins. Yes. And I was like, I don't need any more fingering weight yarn right now. This was almost a year ago, last March. Yeah. So I gave her my three skeins. So she had six skeins. So I've been walking around trying to figure out with this, you know, because here again, I'm trying to use stash before I go out and buy, buy more. And I could not find anything. So my discovery was I found a sweater pattern. And it was Love Note. It was one we mentioned earlier that was everywhere. But what really made this happen for me was seeing it knit with the mohair. So it was a, it, you know. Any, I think the pattern must call for that, right? Because that's it what does. most people did. The pattern calls. And the pattern is from Tin Can Knits. Yes. You didn't say that, right? Right. And, and it was just seeing it made up with mohair and with, with a and fingering. And a merino, right? Yes. And... With that, and then we were in the booth. Oh, this Remember was this was this, yes. this was so exciting. When I was in Ireland last September in Dublin for a few days, I went to this really lovely yarn shop called Townhouse Yarns, and I, I bought some fingering weight yarn in there. I don't know why, but it was so beautiful. I had to buy it, and but it was a really lovely shop. Lovely, lovely people in there, and. So I was just shocked when I was walking by and here it says Townhouse Yards and I'm looking and I said, are you from Dublin? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I was just in your shop. So the mother was there, the right? The mother and then of and, those, and two, they, two of her daughters, uh, They right? were both sisters. I wasn't sure if they were I think sisters. they were. Okay. And each of them had on a... They were all wearing the Love Note sweater, all done a little bit differently. Yes. Right? And, and they were selling the mohair. Well, I'm sure they were selling the merino too. Yeah, but you oh, didn't, sure. but you I didn't, didn't need, need the merino. You're right. right. I only I only clued in on the on the mohair. Right. And I think what happened is a light bulb went off in my head, and it was like that's how I can use the fingering and maybe be happy because the I think the pattern's lovely, and with the mohair makes it. I think holding the mohair. Right. With I think it. it'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um. So we'll 
Because it's a little bit of a mystery because we know what the, the fingering weight merino looks like, right? It's Correct. kind of a lilac-y color. Yeah. Called and hyacinth, right? I think. I think so. Hyacinth yeah. or wisteria, one of those. Right. And but the, the mohair is interesting. So I, I used um, Linda as my color consultant. And then we used one one of the sisters. One of the sisters helped to uh, help to pick out, and so it's kind of an off white with splashes of color, right? With a little bit of that purplish lilac mm -hmm. shade in it, but also some other colors. Oh yeah, and it's called Bad Girl. Bad Girl, ooh yeah. baby, yeah. Okay, Bad Girl. <laughs> so that's my rate. Okay. All right. So, all right, misbehave. <laughs> ay ay ay. Okay, I was really pretty good <laughs> on this no, trip. You were, actually. I bought the yarn for the one sweater. I bought a pair of needles. I bought, oh, we forgot to mention this earlier. Okay. But I did buy two skeins of this Rowan felted tweed. This was like possibility to use for orange. the orange. Yeah. But... I wasn't convinced that's really what I really wanted. And I was thinking, eh, it's Rowan. I can buy it anywhere, anytime. However, there's a line of certain colors called Colors by D. Harwick. Yes. Oh, they're lovely. That, oh. that they had there. And one of the colors I really wanted was one of these colors by D. Harwick. And they only had two skeins of it left. And D. Harwick was there helping me put it <laughs> together with some other colors. And then... So we put it all together, and then I thought, oh, do I really want to buy this? And I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't really, not sure this is really what I want this sweater in. But since there were only two skeins left of that bluish, turquoise whatever this color is, um, what is the name of the color? I should look that up. Can I read it with my reading glasses here? I can't. Oh, it doesn't have a name. They, these just have um, numbers. Number Never mind. And, and I can't read the number right now. But that... The that line of colors that she produced, right? Designed. Right. And she has, she has a book. Oh, yes. It's and um, we'll put a link to the book and all that up there, too. But anyway, so so I was well-behaved, so I bought that. And then, you know, I have this addiction to the spin cycle dyed in the wool. I'm sure I must have talked about this on the podcast in previous episodes. There's like a long, sad story about when I was making my shifty, how I... Uh, I bought I bought yarn, spin cycle yarn that I ended up not using, and then I went and bought more, and then that didn't really work either. And but now every time I see spin cycle, it's like I have to buy it. And the spin cycle people were there at this one booth, or one of the ladies at least, and they had a ton of spin cycle dyed in the wool, and I just couldn't resist. So, oops. So I bought. <laughs> four skeins. I was misbehaving with four skeins. I bought Castaway. I bought, what is this one called? Dirty Little Secret. I bought Robin's Egg. And I bought Overpasses. So you just were buying what you didn't have. Is that correct? I don't think I have any of these. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't know if you chose those for color, or it's like, I don't think I have these, so I need to add them to my my addiction? Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. All of the above, maybe. Okay. I like the colors. These don't really necessarily go together. <laughs> uh, it's just an addiction. I'm just going to keep buying 
this and eventually I'll use it because I just think it's so cool and fun and or years from now Linda's going to open her own um, spin cycle spin shop. shop just just yes. come to me yeah um, so. if you want a single skein of whatever <laughs> yeah but anyway I'm misbehaving again with my addiction to spin cycle sorry <laughs> did you have a misbehave oh I did I do and you uh, above anyone knows about this because um, Linda and I talk knitting all the time um my misbehave is I have a sweater paralysis, I call it. <laughs> you had a sweater. I have. Um, and it's based on having only knit two sweaters in my life and being unhappy about both of them. Right. And so I have now this um, inability to decide, or I had, to decide how to move forward and how to... Sweater paralysis. Yes, how to, how, how to make another sweater. And, and feel good about it. So, that's... And part of that problem... Yes. ...was that you had this yarn that you got for free at Hill Country Weavers. Right. And it was a sweater quantity, and you thought, i got to use this yarn. And you were trying... And you wanted to do Fair Isle. So I was you trying were, to make it fit into that. You were trying... And the yarn probably wasn't really appropriate for Fair Isle. Mm -hmm. It's part of the problem. Yeah. And... And there's another part to the problem, and you you pointed it out to me in New York. Pat, do you really like the colors? Oh. Remember? <laughs> I forgot about yes. that. And that's probably what dinged it for me when you said to me, do you really like those colors? Because this was free yarn. Right. right? I right. mean, yeah. I didn't choose it, and I wouldn't have bought it. Right. Right? And so when you said that, and that's why I think the love note works, because you hold it with another skein of, right? Right. Yeah. And you really don't know what it's going to look like. No, I have no idea. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. So but. you were misbehaved, but, no. but now but you're, you're we, getting over your paralysis. Yes, because we have a save, right? Yeah. What is your save? <laughs> <laughs> so my save is actually um, something I heard Patty Lyons say in the lecture. Oh, okay. Okay. Because part of the problem was, is the yarn correct but my my biggest problem was one sweater I made is so oversized right it just doesn't fit me well and I I thought how could I you know I, I mean it's it's huge so um I something that Patty went over briefly in the lecture because she didn't have a lot of time she talked about using the schematic of the pattern, taking the pattern schematic and what those measurements were on there and comparing it to your own right. measurements. So you need, you know, and it's not <clears throat> just your, it's not just your bus measurement. It's, it's a lot. It's the whole, it's your whole torso. Right. And what I said is that because the schematic is the, finished measurement of the garment you're going to knit, correct, or should be theoretically, <laughs> um, that, and, and sometimes it's confusing when you're taking your own measurements and trying to figure out how that's going to translate to that flat piece of knitted fabric, mm -hmm. but take a look at clothes that fit you well and measure those. Right, and compare them. And compare those to the schematic, because that's really what you're going for, right? Right. And I, and I think the problem I had with the one that is so ill-fitting to me is it's the whole thing of ease, positive ease, 
okay? And you have to know, and you can kind of, I guess, figure that out from a sweater you already own that you wear that you like. What kind of ease does it have in comparison to your actual measurement? Right. So in the case of the one you don't like, it has 10 right. inches of positive ease. Yeah. Which, it, you know, it's kind of funny. It's got a little counterintuitive that 10 inches of positive ease looks pretty good on really skinny people. <laughs> But probably doesn't look so good on people who are heavy because, you know, it just makes you look that much wider. Right. Where the little skinny people, they're just kind of swinging inside the, <laughs> the ease. And, and that comes to the other save. And it's something we actually did in the hotel room is you had the shifty, oh, right, right. right? And you said, Pat, you should try the shifty on. Now, I have to tell you, based on my body type, you know, I consider I'm about 10 pounds 15 pounds overweight, probably. Right. You know? And you're carrying the weight right in your in, middle. In my middle. Yeah. No. Um, but you said, you should try my shifty. And I said, no, you know, I would never pick that pattern because... It's, to, it's very, yeah, it's like zero ease. Right? Yes, right. Very close fitting. And so, you know, it would hug my body and I don't wear clothes that hug my body. Right. But it looked good on me. It, the, sh the shifty is sort of like the the, yeah. the traveling pants. So I think the other <laughs> the other save is is you need to be open to silhouettes. Yeah, right? yeah. Maybe try something every once in a while that that yeah. you don't think necessarily looks good on you. It, you might be right, right? But but, but try maybe, it. But right? give it give it a try and just now. Just see. Linda mentioned to me, and I had never heard this, that local yarn shops if they have samples, and if you wanted. Most likely, they'd let you try They'll on let the you try on. Yeah, like the, the, the booths at Vogue Knitting Live, the, there were mm -hmm. samples that, you know, people, you know, I saw people trying on. And, you know, they're there to sell you the yarn. They're they're happy to let you try it right. on to see how much yarn you need to buy from them. So, so all right. Well, that, that was a good save. That was worth the trip, right? It was for me. All yes. Right. Um, I don't really have a save. I, we think I had a save earlier in the day, but <laughs> now we can't remember what it is. So, we're going to move on. So my crave is, woohoo, I discovered the Hinterland pattern by Jennifer Steingass. I think I knit something by her recently. I'm, I'm not familiar with, with, with that designer. Anyway, I, as I said earlier, I am going to frog my current Oranje sweater and use the different yarn that I bought at Morehouse Farms because <laughs> it'll be more appropriate. But the fiber optic yarn that I had been using on that project is really beautiful yarn that I want to use. And I have a lot of black. The main part of the sweater was black and there's some turquoise and off-white. But I think with the black, I'm going to use as the main part of this hinterland sweater and that it has some color work right. in the yoke. And I think the pattern called for, and a lot of people that have done the pattern are using some spin cycle <laughs> dyed in the wool for that color work. So I can choose from one of my many, many skeins of spin cycle it's gonna dyed be in the wool. So um, I'm really craving that. But that'll be a while because I'm going to get the Orange finished first. So okay. I have a crave. Uh, not a specific pattern, but I'm craving to knit that top down. Oh, top down. Because you've never done top down. I've never done top down. So I'm craving to knit a top down sweater. And I really do want it to be color work. And I really want it to be a DK or sport. So 
Okay. I think that's one of Anne's craves, really? too, from a couple episodes ago. Oh, okay. That because she has not done top-down yet. Oh, maybe Ma- she and I need to be you could have a You could have a top-down knit-along. Oh. Oh, Anne, would you... I wonder if she'd be up for that. <gasps> she might like Love Note. You think? Oh, all right, Anne. All right. Are you out there, Anne? Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just email her in the morning. Okay. Um, we'll talk to her. All right. So that about wraps up Bow Knitting Live. Please. Oh, I did have one other note um, for our next episode. We have gotten some input from oh. listeners about when we talked about tension and we talked about the Portuguese style of knitting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we have a misunderstanding of what Portuguese is. And so we will talk about that again in our February, in episode 10, which will be um, February 15th release. So don't think we're ignoring your, your comments. We appreciate your comments. And we're doing a little research to understand our misunderstanding and, and try, to, um, try to explain it all. So uh, okay. until then, remember, be brave. listening if you'd like more information check out brave knitting at facebook or ravelry group you can also find us on instagram at bee brave knitting and email us at bee brave knitting at gmail.com